Hello, foolish mortals. It's the Untitled Film Project Podcast. I am Jim Chandler, along with Justin Bradford and Jeremy K. Gover, and we're investigating the ghouls and spooks of Haunted Mansion, the, like some species of cicadas, the <laughs> franchise that comes out about every 20 years from Disney. <laughs> when my son and I moved in here... It wasn't as warm as we hoped. And after midnight, the house comes alive. This place is haunted! We'll talk about the newest incarnation of this franchise, and we have the big question. This is a theme park that was turned into a movie, so let's flip it around. What movie would you like to see made into a theme park ride? All right, that's coming up on the big question. Think about your answers. Let's get our initial takes on Haunted Mansion 2023, and let's start with Justin Bradford. I did not have high expectations going into this movie, because we've already had one. It was 20 years ago. It seemed like it kind of flew under the radar. It was announced, and then there wasn't much hype leading into it. And then finally, Disney started putting some hype around it just a few weeks ago, it seems, which led me to believe that this may not be the best product. I was pleasantly surprised overall that I enjoyed myself, and I think the reason why is because they took the effort to pay homage to the ride designed by Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie to a T. And it's to the point, like so many other movies, as long as you rub the nostalgia the right way and you put a lot of Easter eggs in there, it doesn't have to be this huge, glamorous movie. It just needs to hit the right things for people to enjoy it. This is not going to blow you away. It's something that you could absolutely wait for streaming if you wanted to, but it is very much an enjoyable movie for people that are fans of the Disney theme park ride. And for me, that's okay. That's all I really wanted out of it. I just didn't want it to be god-awful. That's really, for me, what I did not want. I didn't want it to have bad CGI. I didn't want it to be overly cheesy. I just wanted to have fun with it. And it accomplished that. It gave me a little frights and scares. I think it was a good introduction to maybe a scary movie for younger audiences without being gory or horrifying or things like that. If you just want a little jump scare mixed with comedy to see how a kid may enjoy a scary movie, mm-hmm. this could be a good introduction for like a nine-year-old that is just curious about those, but you don't know how they're going to react to certain scary things. Just like the ride. It's supposed to be mixed with funny and horrifying. That's what Walt Disney wanted. He didn't want straight up horrifying. He didn't want a straight up comedy. He wanted a mix, and that's what you get in the ride. It starts out scary, then all of a sudden it's grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize, and then it's a party. That's what this movie felt like. I felt the casting was very much on point. I enjoyed the casting. They worked well together as an ensemble. I think this is one of those. This is an ensemble cast. We've talked Mm -hmm. about that before. No one really stood out as the main star of this movie. A lot of people got different screen time. It, It did well with the ride. It was enjoyable. That's what I needed. So it was a successful project for me. Can I build off that before I yes, before jump in, Jim? Just because uh, Bradford bought us something that's, that I thought about. <laughs> this was, again, a, a theme park ride that was turned into a movie, and I thought the cast was pretty great for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some problems with some of the acting, which we'll get to later on, but I think overall it was you know well-written, very vanilla, right? But he said that in Bradford's initial takes, Bradford said that it's a good introduction to the horror genre, and I would argue that when we did this last last year, when uh, uh, Hocus Pocus 2 came out, we said that was a very good introduction to young kids and kind of horror, because it's not really horror. What they can handle. Some, yeah, some still stuff. This is the next step, Yeah, I yeah. think. 
uh, in in that. So if you're if you're looking to get your kid, if your kid's really interested in scary movies, start with Hocus Pocus two. See if they can handle that. They probably, mm-hmm. they probably can, and then go to Haunted Mansion. That's my initial take. Oh yes, because this is rated PG thirteen as well. Yes, it is. So keep that in mm-hmm. mind because of those scary haunts that it may be a little too intense for some audiences. But again, you're going to know your family yeah. way better than anybody else. But I think that's why they rated this because there are some scary moments that could frighten a young one if they're not used to it. My son sure. is not interested. Oh, he's not interested. My son is not uh, not. He's unfamiliar with the scary movie genre, horror horror movies. Can't handle them really well, right? But. We so my wife and I looked at each other when we watched this with him. We're like, he, he's this is not going to end well because there, <laughs> there was enough scare in it, right? That was like, oh, this is like that's that's legit scary, yeah, a little scary, yeah. But at the same time, his best friend Shiloh, he watches horror movies all the time. He can handle it just fine. Bradford's right again. You, you will know your family. You know your kid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I uh, will build off of what you said for my initial take, <laughs> uh, which you mentioned the word vanilla which was definitely something that was going through my head as uh, I was thinking about this film. And uh, do you ever have like a really good vanilla ice cream from like an ice cream parlor? And it's just, it's delicious, right? Mm -hmm. You can taste the vanilla. And then there's like that little cup of vanilla ice cream that you eat with the wooden spoon. And you're like, well, this isn't vanilla. This is a this is a no flavor at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was leaning a little more towards the no flavor at all. Uh, this movie was fine. I didn't have any major problems with it. I also didn't have any great things to say. Yay, Haunted Mansion. <laughs> and I think in terms of this movie, it is definitely going to cater to people that love the ride. Specifically, like it's the target, an, the target is very much right there. Like you have to be a Disney fan to appreciate what they've done extra. I felt, I felt it to be an homage to the ride, like more than anything. Right, and that's why yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying. Because to a general audience, that's not going to mean as much to them. They've never ridden the ride, right? I just a lot of people, right? Which is a lot of people. I don't think they're necessarily going to appreciate as much of what yeah. the directors and the writers put in here. Agreed. So that's why I'm like, if you want to save for stream, you can save for stream, and it's fine. But it's not going to appeal to everyone right. where they're pointing at the screen. Like I was going, oh, look at that in the background. That's really neat. Right. I appreciate that. But that the, doesn't make it a great movie. The ceiling or the hallway is getting longer and stretching out, just kind of like on the ride. And you know, like even though I've been on the ride, uh, I, that to me, that didn't make me go, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yay. <laughs> All right, let's take a deeper dive into Haunted Mansion 2023 with stars like Rosario Dawson and Lakia Stanfield. We have Owen Wilson. We have Danny DeVito. Uh, It's an all-star cast. Uh, What did you think of the casting and the job they did with it, those actors? This is where, this is my main takeaway from the movie, okay? Lakeith Lakeith Stanfield was underwhelming at best. He did Ooh. fine. There's nothing wrong with his acting, but he had zero charisma and even less stage presence. Just no, there was nothing permeating from the screen at all. Anytime he was on the screen, wow. Even, I'm gonna, when, even when they brought up his wife, nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna counter and say he was to me one of the more gravitating characters. Interesting, because he actually had a background. He had depth. He had a reason. No, and he acted really well. In especially yeah. that scene you talked about when he's talking about his wife, he's crying. That scene was really great. But as a whole, there was not. Okay, you when you're a lead actor, right, and you're on the screen. Yeah, right? Nicole Kidman, 
you know, whatever, Vince Vaughn, I mean, just whatever the, whatever the range is, okay, Tom Cruise, you remember, even if the movie is very kind of like just kind of here, kind of mid, mm-hmm. right, 4, 5, 4.5, 5.5, 6 even, right, you may not remember any scene of the movie, the plot, you may be like, well, you know, this is okay. But you remember that so-and-so was in it. You remember that, oh, well, Tom Cruise is in that. Or sure. Harrison Ford was in, he's, he's got a lot of those, actually. <laughs> Harrison Ford, like, the project was kind of mad, but he was really good, right? <laughs> Nothing. Like, Keith Stenfeld, I will not remember he was even in this movie in, like, six months. It won't even be, I'll remember Tiffany Haddish was in it. I'll remember Danny DeVito was in it. I'll remember that Owen Wilson was in it. But I at, at no, that point, though, it sounds like the movie's just not going to be memorable for you, period. No, it's not. But I'm so, saying that I won't remember. He's the lead character. He's kind of. the lead. Kind of. I feel no, like he is. They introduced him first. Yeah. He has, he, the, the story basically revolves around him and the technology that he can use. His whole quest for my, you know, there's, there's no such thing as ghosts and afterlife and blah, blah, blah. The whole thing revolves around him. The whole thing. If you take Tiffany Haddish out, you could probably still make it work. If you take him out, you can't make it work. So he's the lead. And there was nothing special about his performance. There was no extra value. Again, he was fine. But there was nothing I expect to be... I don't even know how to even explain it other than it was just underwhelming. There was no charisma at all. Was the character underwhelming or was his acting underwhelming? Are you saying the writing for his character was underwhelming or the way he portrayed the character? That's what I'm trying to figure out because I didn't have a problem. I thought the writing was fine. I thought his story arc was cool, that he's he's this tour Uh guide now because he's, you know, that was really, but he used to be some rocket scientist who did this thing. Like, that's all really neat. That was, that's really, because the writing must have been fine. But he just didn't have any any screen presence at all to me. See, it's funny because the stickiness of characters. Uh, to me, I was most engaged with this film when it's centered on him and his story and his relationship with uh, Chase Dillon, the, uh, you know, the young, young boy mm-hmm. uh, you know, who's lost his dad, uh, and their relationship and growing. I thought, to me, those were the most uh, compelling parts of the personal stories beyond the overwhelming story of there's a big haunted house full of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Jim because I was compelled more to learn about him and his wife because of the flashbacks that they kept creating with mm-hmm. with him and his memories leading to what caused him to act like he is today. I appreciated that background of the story too, so I didn't have a problem. But again, <laughs> you're not you're not saying anything wrong. I agree. I loved the flashbacks. I loved the depth of the character. I loved his emotion. He didn't bring me right, but he is part of that. Fine, but I'm he. Okay, I don't know how else to explain. We're going to agree to disagree on that. Circling your building upon that, then, because I always have to ask go over about this. What were your thoughts on Chase Dillon? Uh, He was hit or miss for me. Meaning, I can if I go back and watch it, I can probably tell you which scenes he shot first. Oh, okay. Because it was like okay, he wasn't when he got into a rhythm and everything. Yeah, then all of a sudden he like kind of figured it out, and then it was like oh, he was great in that scene. And the next scene he was like oh, that's kind of iffy. I think he's very promising. In terms I agree. Of, Promising is a great word. Because the way that he's yeah. able to express himself with yep. his facial expressions, the way he's able to feel like a, there's a connection with there's chemistry yes. on, on screen. And he's, I mean, he's been in multiple projects already, but this is probably, I'd say, his biggest project yeah. so far. So there's plenty of potential with Chase Dillon. I agree with p- potential. I got to tell you, one of the biggest laughs I got from the movie, and I didn't expect it to come so early, 
uh, was, you know, they discover that they're in a haunted house. It's him and his mother. And uh, they have figured out that there's, there's ghosts and there's no denying it. And she's like, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to burn a Yankee candle. That was and, hilarious. <laughs> and everything will be better and fine. And he just looks at her and goes, will it though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way he said that line with the facial expressions was the biggest laugh I got out of the movie. I agree. <laughs> and it just building along with the cast, Owen Wilson, we obviously knew it was sus as soon as he was on screen. Sure. Yeah. Playing the role that he was, which... You know, with Owen Wilson, he's one of those character actors that I don't mind that he's Owen Wilson playing the character. Sure. Because it's it's totally okay for him to play those bit pieces. I'm fine with him playing those characters. I don't need more. I think Danny DeVito would fall into that category yeah. as well. Just yeah. be Danny DeVito and I'm fine. And we're good with it because I enjoy that when Owen Wilson doesn't have to be a lead, mm-hmm. when he's part of an ensemble like this and he's part of that comic relief, I really enjoy those bits. Also, Loki, I think he's great in Loki and that's a little different. Yeah. But in terms of movies and film... I enjoy Owen Wilson in these character roles like this because he can be himself, and I'm glad we have him back with that. Okay. I I do. I do enjoy him. I can enjoy him on screen in this movie. I also didn't think... I, I thought they left a lot on the table. I thought his character could be a lot funnier. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. You know, I, like, give him some better lines. He can pull them off. And yeah. it was PG-13. They had they had the leeway they, to they do did, so. Yeah. There was some headroom there, yeah, and, they, no, they, no. and they didn't take it. The unnecessary thing was, was it really necessary to have Jared Leto cast... No, as Hatbox goes. No, not especially I, not if you're completely CGI and. That's what I didn't understand. I'm going, what? Why? What? Why? Because it could have been it's complete CGI. What's the point? Could have been anybody. Of this as well. Now, granted, Jared Leto does look like the Hatbox ghost, uh, so maybe that's the point that they're trying to make. With it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's creepy, weird, kooky, whatever. Just like the Hatbox you know, ghost. Maybe he, maybe he crossed the line and signed that his image can be used in <laughs> CGI forever. Which it is. <laughs> really funny and this is obviously very much theme park nerd but finally walt disney world is getting the hatbox ghost in their haunted mansion it's oh. never been present there it's only been at disneyland so they're finally going to get it this fall it coincides very well with the movie release that's deep disney right there that is very deep disney <laughs> now another part of the casting thing too because this is very much focused on the cast because it's an ensemble it's curious to me how they've pushed out certain people in this movie as not essentially starring, but playing a role in this, which includes Hassan Minaj. That was great. Yep. And then let's see who who else? Dan Levy, mm-hmm. which yeah. played very small cameo roles, but they're pushing them out as playing a role in this movie. You're you have a very small part. Like these are things that were filmed in less than a day. Oh, for sure. For, for their pieces. Jamie's in the trailer. Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis does. But, but yeah, when they're in the she, trailer, yeah, they sell. And I mean, it's. Academy Award winner Jamie Lee Curtis. So yes. it's it's but that, in fairness that role was cool. Oh, than, oh, total wait. Dan Levy, yes. that was not a cameo. Yeah. Dan yes. Levy yeah. was definitely a yes. cameo. Yet they are flashing him on the screen For sure. as part of because right. they know that he sells right now thanks to Shit's Creek. Sure, right? right. So it's just curious how they've decided to market the film with certain stars in this, even though they only have a cameo. Like I, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit cheating. It is. Because, I expected more yeah. of, because of those. Pieces, but those two, those two roles from Hassan and Dan, I would have loved if we just got surprised with them as cameos. Like, ha, okay, that's fine. I did. I, okay, the, the you, Hassan, not the Dan Levy, but the Hassan Minaj when they yeah when he's doing he's the sketch artist 
And actually, I was like, yeah, that's a Saint Menage. Yeah. Like, like that right. one, yeah, that one that surprised me. I, yeah. And I like that part. I, I, I want to be surprised. It's just one of those things, like, let people be surprised by certain cameos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it's like, you already have an all-star cast of people that are very well-known, part of the project, then you just add little bits more. It's a nice, pleasant surprise when it happens. Yeah, okay. you're, you're not going to sell any more tickets because Hassan Minaj's name is used in the trailer. Right. But he's yeah. there for 10 seconds. Yeah. That's I mean, not going to happen. Almost literally. True. <laughs> it's really like a minute. It's less than a minute, I, I think, of screen time. It is. Yes. Uh, but selling any tickets, do they have to sell any tickets? Because I feel that the entire budget of Haunted Mansion was covered through product placement buys in this I have never seen more brand names mentioned in a feature film ever <laughs> ever 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 I'm going to put it up there now I don't have the I made a list right after I saw it and I don't have my list but I mean they don't just mention I'm going to light a candle I'm going to Light a Yankee candle, but that one worked for me. And I can dissect everyone oh, you're saying. No, I'm not saying they didn't. They didn't work because the joke is moms love Yankee. Like it's just it it fit right. for me. Right. And, and comedically, the more specific you get, yes. The funny you say I'm gonna light like, a candle, it doesn't work. Right. Right. It's just like you know, I would like a you know, give me a bag of snacks. No, if you say Doritos, it's funnier. Funyuns. Yeah. Yes. Funyuns. Yeah. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> so, I mean, and then, then they mentioned, oh, yeah, well, I get the candles. I get them often because I subscribe on Amazon <laughs> to get them every month. Oh and, there, and there was like these gratuitous U-Haul references where they would stall the trailer in front of the car- camera for an ungodly amount of time, which might be just two seconds, but in film editing, they would never do that. Mm -hmm. They're all paid for. And there's a completely gratuitous scene of, uh, I think, Owen Wilson in the car holding up his (laughs) Burger King fries bag so you can see the logo. Uh, There was so many logos. I I really would like somebody to, to... Give me a deep dive on all the products they saw mentioned in it. Because I was at, like, once I saw a couple of them, I'm going, wow, it's like every three minutes, there's a massive product placement. So uh, I don't think they need to sell any tickets in order to make money. If, they, if three people bought tickets, you know, they've already made their money back because they just <laughs> sold so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is curious the release time of this because you think about July. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible, and then Barbenheimer, then Honda Mansion. Not that I'm putting it on the same level in terms of expectations of box right. office, right? But letting Barbenheimer breathe another week <laughs> mm-hmm. might help a little bit because people are so infatuated with Barbie right now, right. too. But even families, like you're, even though it's not necessarily meant to be a family film, you're still getting families and mothers and daughters to go to Barbie. And a yeah. little bit of breathing room probably could have helped Haunted Mansion. Not saying it's bombing or anything like that, but just spreading things out in the box office right now because it's going to be a while before we have new releases. Things are already getting delayed. Okay, so I have a, I have a conspiracy theory about why this film was slated to release when it was. Okay? Yeah. yeah and it has years. to do with the shakeup at the very top of Disney oh, yes. over the last... Oh. When, when did Bob Iger take over? You know, but within the year, right? Right, yes. So the previous guy who held that position took the job and as promoted from being in charge of parks he was in charge of the disney parks 
and then became CEO of Disney in general. Uh, he had a lot of detractors. People who go to Disney all the time said they were getting gouged for things they never had to pay for before, and there was all kinds of... So everything he did, he, I think he had a theme park... Uh, centric look at things. Okay. So sucked. (laughs) So I think he was all for doing another movie based on a ride. And they were also, and there's also been a lot of complaints about Disney from the creative side of the industry, pushing people to streaming. Okay, so what do you do if your ultimate intent is to sell more Disney Plus subscriptions is you put it out in July so that it hits at Halloween on the the streaming platform? That's a good conspiracy theory. So that's uh, I'm just going to put my tinfoil hat on and just let you guys continue. But there there it is. I'm throwing it out there. No, I can see that Bob Shepik sucks. Anyways. All right, let's get scores on Haunted Mansion 2023. I will start. This is Jim. And uh, is it possible to have a movie that uh, has nothing really wrong with it, (laughs) but also nothing really right with it? I think if there is, it is Haunted Mansion. I thought this thing was not terribly funny. Uh, I didn't find it, yes, it is scarier than compared to some other things that Disney has done, uh, but I didn't think that that extra level of horror, just a little notch up, was also very interesting, and so I found myself just losing interest in, in this movie as it went along, uh, and I cannot say vanilla, vanilla, vanilla more uh, because it was just right down the middle. I but mean, what brand of vanilla is it, Jim? It's, yeah, it's, it's more... Dryer's ice cream vanilla it, or is it more... Dryer's, you West Coast mother... <laughs> <laughs> Bluebell, if we're going to go deep south or, you know... Uh, or was it the one-to-one one gallon plastic container dub. Yeah. <laughs> ben and Jerry's the, or, yeah, or the one, yeah, the... the Grocery store brand. The market pantry vanilla? Uh, right, yes. The eight-year-old birthday party vanilla? <laughs> <laughs> it's yellow. I mean, look, I love these. Keep bringing Jim, these vanilla. Jim made a big point about product placement, so I'm I, just trying to work it in. Yeah, let's just keep going. It uh, wasn't Halo Top. I, it, no, it was not. <laughs> I, and I wish we were making the money that Disney got <laughs> for mentioning all these brands. If you care to sponsor us with that film project podcast, you can check out. We are open to it. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, I, I would say, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about giving it a just down the middle five, but I'm going to say it's a little better than your kid's birthday party vanilla ice cream, <laughs> and I'm going to give it a little more because I, I like the actors, and it wasn't bad, so I'm giving it a six. Jeremy Gover, okay. what do you think of Haunted Mansion? I thought it was... Kind of there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, Jim used all the vanilla analogies, so I'll just say Lakeith Stanfield, again, very underwhelming, no 
charisma, no on-screen presence at all for this. We get it. I liked him. Well, I'm just saying. No, that's fine. Oh, I just, this him. is just my take. Okay. I, I left okay. the theater thinking that, okay. and so I have to say I had to bring it up. And then uh, this is a safe place. It is. No, well, it's not. no, not really. Uh, <laughs> I think this should before Jim threw out his conspiracy theory. I thought this should have come out in October. What do we see in late September, October, all the time? What do we see? Christmas. No <laughs> horror movies. Yes, but what kind of like they're like R. Yeah, they're they're right, like it's hardcore. It's like yeah, horror. but there have also been a lot of horror movies released all year long this year. So, well, no, sure. so this projects year for sure. I mean traditionally, right. yes, but I mean traditionally, yes. it's yeah. traditionally. Like, hey, mid September or late September, to especially mm-hmm. early October, it's like Smile and like The Exorcist Daughter and like all this crap. I just made that up. Sure, and all this like crazy stuff, and it's all horror, horror, like true horror. Yes, this would have been a great alternative in October. For the families who want to see a scary movie in the Halloween mindset, but don't, but obviously you're not going to go see blood pouring off a ceiling and a creepy door being bent in half and mm. like impaling. Yeah, and so it was that it was that balance of do we release during the summer when we know more audiences might be there, or go with the theme of Halloween, right? And, that and counter question, programming yeah. the nastier stuff. Yes, that, just, that would have been an, you would have had a, That's a fair d- point a Disney major release mm-hmm. in a niche. Which is rare for them. Usually it's like summer blockbuster or the end of the year, right? Yep. It would have been a, a Disney big release in a niche place in October where nothing else is going to compete with it. Of that demographic now. Obviously, there's a lot of square, scary movies that will compete with it. But for the families that want to go, the 9, 10, 11, maybe even 12 and 13-year-olds who can't handle Psycho 16 or whatever it's going to be, sure. right? They can handle this. <laughs> So I think that was a major misstep. Again, uh, I thought it had some issue with the acting. The writing wasn't great, but it was fine. It was fun. But I've been to the parks. I've ridden both Disneyland and Disney World's Haunted Mansion. I really liked it for that reason. If I had not ridden those rides, I don't know if I would have cared. So therefore, yes. So therefore, I give it a 5.5. All right. Justin Bradford, the most Disney of all of the hosts of this show. What did you think of Haunted Mansion? Justin yeah. D as in Disney Bradford. <laughs> Don't you do that to my name. It's not really D, just so you know. Mr. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> as the resident Disney stan, uh, even, <laughs> even I wasn't necessarily really looking forward to it. I was, I was, I was excited to see it. Just to see what they did with the sure. product. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't one of those where I was very excited. There's so many other films this summer that I was very hyped to see. This one, like Over said, if it had been released early October, this is great. Get you in the mood for Halloween, yep. for families with some older children as well, too. Would have been great. But I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't suck. Like, that's <laughs> that's the base that I'm putting it at right and now. And unfortunately, that's a real expectation these days coming out of Disney. Especially with rides, if movies based on rides. Because there's very few that fully pull it off, and especially establishing a franchise. We look at Pirates of the Caribbean. The first one's obviously the best one. It's a classic. It's mm-hmm. a classic. It is fantastic. It's wonderful. The music, the acting, adventure, everything like the that. The story. Talking with, with my friend Cameron. He, yeah. you know, he even mentioned that as well. You know, Pirates established. Mm-hmm. What that was supposed to be. You have a previous Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion one. There's Jungle Cruise I thought was fine with The Rock and Emily Blunt. It's not blow you away, but it's something I can watch. If it's on TV, I'll just pop it on. But I'm not yep. going to go out of my way to keep watching. It's not a masterpiece. So looking at ride-themed movies is difficult sometimes. So all I wanted out of this was stroke the nostalgia, pay homage to the rides themselves, and put bits and pieces in there, and give me something that at least makes me feel like I enjoyed my hour and a half. In the theaters, 
it did accomplish that. Didn't blow me away. I pointed at things. I, I loved a lot of the Easter eggs. I felt like they paid good attention to details from the rides, like the hitchhiking ghost, the 13-hour clock, mm-hmm. the stretching room, the stretching right. portraits, the, the wallpaper, those little things, which I appreciate because it means, that, hey, they actually understand that Disney people are going to watch this movie, and that's what they want and what they're looking for. They tick those boxes off, and that's fine. Right. But it still doesn't blow me away, and I didn't. I don't know if it ever could. I don't know if there's much more that could have been done with a movie like this because you can't expand a universe as much in the lore like you could with pirates. You have a base thing of pirates in the Caribbean. The ride itself didn't establish as much of what the lore should be around this movie. Right. Same thing with Jungle Cruise. It's just a, a, a water ride that takes you around the rivers of the world in just a few minutes. That's really it. Haunted Mansion, of all the rides, when you think about it, you're going through there, there's actually a theme, there's lore that's within this ride and so Mm -hmm. to translate that to film there's only so much they can do to accomplish that and and then you're just skewing from the base right which is okay but that's not what people really want and expect so they ticked all the boxes off that they needed to i enjoyed myself again it's something that is totally fine to wait for streaming unless you just want to go and enjoy it in a big theater with other people as well too so for that i'm giving it a 6.5 all right haunted mansion why (laughs) every episode you guys we love to do a big question and so this big question has to do sometimes they have to do with the movie we're talking about sometimes they don't uh if you joined us for a recent episode you know that we did dinosaur erotica which is (laughs) a whole nother topic for another day hopefully you enjoyed that segment because we definitely did in a very odd way that you're not thinking about This week's big question has to do with Haunted Mansion. And as you know, Haunted Mansion was a ride, as we've mentioned, at Disneyland, at Disney World. It's a theme park ride that was turned into a movie. So we're flipping that on its head. What movie would you like to see a theme park ride made out of? So we're going to start with Jim, <laughs> unless you need me to stall for no, you. No, I, I, I think I've come up okay, with Okay, great. I, start I, with Jim. It's not a fully fleshed out, I haven't thought exactly <laughs> like what's going to happen on the ride, but I was trying to think of like playing on the word ride, which movie, maybe in the last couple of years, took me for a ride. Okay. Okay. And I think it has to be... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh. Interesting. Did not expect that. I did not expect that either. Okay. So uh, that is a movie where obviously you have, like, there's some very boring set pieces there. You know, like, uh, one place is the laundromat and the other place, you know, is, is IRS office building and things like that. But then flipping into another world where... You know, you have incredible ninja skills and you can fight and you have the knowledge or just some other thing where all of a sudden, flip, you're you're a master in something has a lot of possibilities for fun and a ride and taking you for unexpected turns. Remember those books they came out with where you could like kind of choose as you went along? Choose your own adventure book? Yeah, exactly. That, you know, you could do that where maybe riding the ride isn't the same twice. So I'm just going to go with, uh, you know, the everywhere, everything, all at once. Okay. As a ride. I'm going to go second because Bradford is the theme park master. And so, therefore, I'm going to give him his props and say he can, he can anchor this whole thing. Okay. Thanks. Mine is Mission Impossible. 
because I think I there are several that. things oh, that you yeah, could yeah. do, right? Let's, let's say you go and order the films, leaving out two because it sucked. So the first one, <laughs> you could actually get, you get hooked up to a harness and you actually fall down to like a, you're just short of the floor, right? You know, you have to hang around, you can't touch the floor, you know, whatever. If you do, it points off, whatever it is, right? And then the and, well, again, the second one's oh. so the third one. Wait, but they don't have to stop the spread of Chimera? No. <laughs> You know what? On your way back up to the air conditioner, you just hit a button. There, it stopped. <laughs> so if you, go, if you go on to the other films, you can, like, let's see, you have to climb what looks like the burger. It's a really high building. Like, yeah. right now they have, what's it called, Raffer? You would know. This is uh, Space, not Spaceship Earth. That's actually a ride. But the, the restaurant. In, in Space this, 220? Yeah, Space 220, where you you feel like you're going up an elevator. Oh, yeah. And you can see the Earth get smaller and smaller and smaller in this tube. You could do th- something like that with, like, the ground, and you're hanging on the Burj right. Khalifa, and you're trying to climb and do something. You have to accomplish a task. Gets a little windier up there. Yep. and then you yeah. can do that. And then there's a, like, you can you can hang off the side of a plane. There's all kinds of things you could do in a contained ride setting so i'm gonna say mission impossible oh i would ride that okay that's a good one all right so i have lots of thoughts and i just this is my opportunity okay to talk about that justin you have you've you've seen and been on almost every ride yeah that's true so fast and furious deserves a better ride than what they have right now (laughs) okay (laughs) if if you know you know at universal studios orlando that is the worst ride in oh. that theme park. Wow. <laughs> Think, okay, that is a franchise that deserves a ride that is a coaster and it is fast. Not this, oh, well, we, we're going to save you. You're on a party bus. And, oh, it got thwarted. It's awful. Right. The ride queue for Fast and Furious is better than the ride. <laughs> <laughs> that's saying something, isn't yes, it? it is. That's saying something. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's sad. Next. So that's my non-Disney take. All right. They deserved better. Yeah, my Disney takes are not necessarily a ride. It could be a ride, but an exploration area, similar to what they're doing with Moana in Epcot, would be Zootopia. Thinking in Dinoland USA, how you're able to explore the different climates and the different areas, it could be just like it could be treehouse esque, but you're exploring different things, or it could be a slow ride as well, or you could be detectives on the hunt as a ride as well. Mm -hmm. There's so many things you could do with Zootopia because it's bright, it's colorful, things like that. Coco is another one. Again, bright, colorful, lots of music. We we know in the Mexico Pavilion, people love the Three Caballeros. I'm totally okay with that. I would not be against a retheme of that water ride into Coco. They have a little Coco tease in the in the lobby of that pavilion, but I'd love to see Coco because it's so bright, colorful, full of music. Mm-hmm. And Walt's always said, "Full of change." Mm-hmm. That's Disney should never be the same. Finally. A re-theme for me is Rock and Roller Coaster, which is currently Aerosmith, which mm-hmm. you think anybody that is younger than 20 probably is like, who? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it comes to that, and you even watch the video before Rock and Roller Coaster, and it's like they're recording in the studio. I mean, they're, they're, they're close to dead age. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if Mick Jagger could turn 80 at the Rolling Stones and still tour. I know, I know. Aerosmith's got a few decades but, left. But what I'd love to see, and I'm okay with it. This is not a hate on Aerosmith. It's just... An okay re-theme for this would be to Powerline from a Goofy movie. And you have eye-to-eye playing. Uh, That movie has had a second and third wind on social media because Mm -hmm. of millennials. Growing up watching that movie and people love the eye-to-eye dance. It's a viral thing. It's a cult classic now is a Goofy movie. I'd be totally fine with the re-theme on that one as well. So mine are a lot of re-themes of things I'd just like to see is changes into rides. And then the last one, which this one was already teased before, never happened, in the 
Great Britain Pavilion in, in England in Epcot, I'd love to see Mary Poppins. Sure. And originally, it was supposed mm. to be a slow ride where you're actually riding the horses from the carousel through Mary Poppins. I'd love to see that there because I think if you're going, I know that people hate IP rides. It's just that's what it's becoming now. But yep. I think each pavilion, if possible, deserves an experience of some sort. And Great Britain or England, it'd be great to have Mary Poppins because it is just a classic yeah. Disney movie That'd that continues cool. to survive through generations. Yeah. It'd be cool to have an experience with that. We've seen the drawings. We've seen all the different things for what that ride was supposed to be. I'd still love to see it happen because they do have the space for it. Pull it off. Come on. Only if at the end we hear, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Only if we hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so what movie would you like to see made into a theme park ride? Uh, let us know. Tell us the ones. With, oh, I can't believe you guys missed that one because uh, you have excellent answers. And, uh, and we do should, not. We, you should probably be doing this podcast <laughs> instead of us. So uh, let us know. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, everything we do appears at untitledfilmprojectpod.com. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.